Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Sports fans, what's happening? You know what time it is. Yes, it is playoff time. And the usual suspects are heading to Vegas for the championship. And our partner, Bet Online is your number one source for football odds, stats, trends, and lines. With everything from point spreads to hundreds of bets on everything from the coin toss to the color of Gatorade. Bet Online is the number one source for your championship wagering. All you have to do is head on over to Bet Online and join today to get into all the action. Bet Online, the game starts here. Hey, friends of the ML Sports Platter, you know what? There is no such thing as downtime here on the show. Even during the various off seasons, I'm thinking about free agent signings, coaching changes, draft picks, and more. St. Bonaventure University kickstarted my journalism career. They have a longstanding reputation for training award-winning journalists like Woj from ESPN and Mike Vaccaro at the New York Post. Back when we all got our degrees, we attended SBU's campus in upstate New York. These days, you can earn your Master of Arts in Sports Journalism from the comfort of your home. Visit sbujournalism.com. That's sbujournalism.com to learn how students follow high professional standards while telling nuanced stories about the sports we love. Schedule some time with one of their super helpful enrollment advisors to guide you through their course content, program outcomes, and where the program could lead you. You'll not only learn from experienced faculty, but also accomplished alums who shape the program. You don't need any writing or broadcasting experience to apply, and there's no application fee or GRE GMAT requirement. The program is entirely online and can be completed in less than two years. How about that? What are you waiting for? Head on over to sbujournalism.com today to learn more. That's sbujournalism.com. Hey, this is Linda Cohn from ESPN, and you're listening to the ML Sports Platter. ML Sports Platter back with you all over the major platforms. Download, subscribe, rate, and review. We are brought to you by Brewerton Ace Hardware, Bonnet Sales and Service, Rosie's Corner, Stumble and Monkey Brewing Company, and our terrific friend Courtney at Maple Down Senior Living Community. Make sure you book a meeting and a tour today with Courtney at Maple Down Senior Living Community. Get that loved one or friend into a safe, secure environment. Studio, one bedroom, and two bedroom apartments are available, and they do have all inclusive amenities as well. Home care is there if you need it. It's all based on need uh, in the community, and it's basically considered age in place care at a separate cost. You're talking utilities, heat, hot water, electric, and cable TV, a bunch of great stuff, including a shuttle to take you around a 10-mile radius in and around central New York as well. First floor apartments have patios and second floor apartments have a balcony. Book your meeting today and a tour with Courtney, my good friend, 315-496-66. That's Courtney over at Maple Down Senior Living Community at 315-496-66 and visit HolidaySeniorLiving.com. That's HolidaySeniorLiving.com and just search Maple Downs or type in zip code 13066 in the Find Your Home section on the left of the website. Courtney at Maple Down Senior Living Community is a proud ML Sports Platter sponsor. So, things have kind of gone off the rails a little bit for Syracuse basketball. Uh, As I record this, um, getting set for uh, a huge game uh, at home against Louisville. Obviously, all of the games at this particular point are huge. Um, But these two road games that Syracuse lost... Um, I, I think there's, I guess for the first time this year, uh, for me, there's some huge concern, right? Because when they get blown out at Duke or at North Carolina, 
I kind of just pull back and go, they're never going to be Duke and North Carolina. And it's a road game. And Duke and North Carolina are just way better than Syracuse this year anyway. And you're in the first year of Adrian Autry. And teams get blown out here and there and have bad nights. I mean, there's so many things that go into it for me to not go, oh no, the the world is ending and all these different things, which every game that your team loses as a fan, that's how you think because fan is short for fanatic. And then the second your team has a great game, you're completely back on again, right? It's like the whole emotional, you know, game to game, week to week, you know, month to month sort of thing that fans live. And I understand it. Some of it's annoying. Some of it's reality. And a lot of different things happen in between where I'm like, eh, okay, whatever, right? But I will tell you that I'm now a little, not a little, I, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely concerned about, you know, this club. Now, am I concerned like future, future, future? No, I mean, Autry's got some time. I mean, I'm hearing like a lot of these Autry's not the guy again, you know, comments and you know, I, I just can't subscribe to that because if you've been in business as a CEO for 20, 30 years, right? Or if you've been a school teacher for 15, 20 years, go back to your first few months on the job. You know, do you think that if you made one mistake or things weren't going well for like a four or five week stretch that you deserve to never have a chance for the long term? You know, it's ridiculous to judge this guy on, you know, a matter of 20 games or whatever it is. Um, I, I do think though now officially that there are, you know, some, some problems with, with this team, right? Like some major concerns. Okay. Now we have nine games left in the season. And as I record this, you're going to hear it on a Tuesday. We have about 48 hours or so. Um, well, maybe not that long, 24, 30, like 30, 30, whenever you're listening to this, like between 30 and maybe 36 hours, whenever, whenever you're tuning in. Uh, and this is an audio version only, and I know that you've probably caught a lot of my video stuff. I've been rolling out finally some video podcasts now that I have some time to do it. Um, you know, with Anthony Castrovitz of MLB.com and Marty Buran from the MSG Network and Seth Greenberg from ESPN. So definitely go back and check those out in the archives, not just on audio, but my YouTube page at ML Sports Platter. So it's home for Louisville, home for Clemson, home for North Carolina. Three-game stretch. Um... And then they go road, road, Georgia Tech, NC State, and then home, home, Notre Dame, Virginia Tech, and then at Louisville, at Clemson to, to, to finish the year, okay? Because they lost at uh, BC and at Wake, and, and they lost ugly. I mean, they only lost by five to BC, right? They were still in it in the end, right? This game was so frustrating if you're a Syracuse fan because Boston College is just not good. And you went into it going, I remember texting with Kevin Connors left and right, like, can't, can't, you know, uh, have any more bad losses, can't have any more bad losses. And then sure enough, bang, right? Bad loss, Boston College, terrible loss, terrible loss. And you're going, what on earth, you know, happened here? And Boston College turned the ball over 21 times. Syracuse created some of those, but Boston College, really a lot of those were self-inflicted. Throwing the ball away, overthrowing people, missing cuts and angles. BC just handed Syracuse the game with turnovers, even as poorly as Syracuse played. You know, SU's perimeter defense was horrible in this game. The turnovers that they forced, they did nothing with them. And... 
you got literally nothing out of uh, out of uh, two of your starters in Taylor and Bell. You know, and I would tell you that the twenty-one to nothing run that happened at the back end of the first half and front end of the second, you can't have that against anybody, let alone a bad Boston College team. I don't care if it's home or road; you cannot allow that. So those were some of the reasons why I think Syracuse lost. And you couldn't have that bad loss. You couldn't. But they did. And it was 14-7 and seven and 5-5 five and five after that game. You know? Mintz and Starling made enough shots. Copeland gave you nine off the bench. You know, I thought Syracuse, I mean, Syracuse got killed on the boards. And a lot of those boards, as we know, you give up a rebound on offense. You don't get a second-half chance. You don't get a rebound on... Um, Defense, you give up second half, you know, you, you give up second, ch- you know, chances and second chance points. And, and, and BC got a lot of those in that run. So that was a problem. But man alive, I mean, 12 steals in this game for Syracuse, you know, and, and forcing 21 Boston College turnovers. What did you do with them? I, I just, it's amazing. They lost by five. And the other thing was the free throws. I mean, Syracuse misses seven free throws. They shoot 14, they miss 7. You can't have these things happen. You just can't. So you lose, it's a bad loss. You're like, okay, but positive. If you want to go on the positive thing, they were still in the game late despite all of that stuff and Syracuse has rebounded well. Red Autry's gotten these guys to play well after losses, right? Blowout at Virginia, they come back and they win 5 in a row, right? Including a win against Oregon on a neutral floor including a road win at Georgetown, which I know Georgetown's bad now, but again, you know, come on. Hot shooting Cornell team, good Cornell team, should be a tournament team and a team that could win a game or two in March. You beat them at home. You know, that was in that stretch, right? You beat Pittsburgh at home. We didn't know how bad Pitt was going to be. Again, you won five in a row. I don't care how you do it, but you lost. You got blown out and you come back and win five. Then you lose at Duke. You're close at the half and then you get run off the floor. Shots aren't falling. Duke shots are falling. The threes, a couple turnovers here and there. Tip balls, go out of bounds, re- nope, boom, down 10, down 15, and then it's just the floodgates open. And I remember talking with Red Autry about it at a women's game about that. Like, when you're on the road and a couple things happen bad and it starts snowballing, it's hard to control. He even admitted it because he's a, he's an honest dude. What happens, though? You come back at home, you beat BC. Then you go at Carolina. I gave them zero chance to win this game. They got blown out. 36-point loss. What happens, though? You come back and win a road game at Pitt, and then you beat Miami with a buzzer beater from Copeland. Right? You lose to Florida State at home, but then you come right back and beat NC State. Then you're like, okay, Syracuse is set up 14 and 6, 5 and 4 in conference. They're playing a weak BC team on the road, a tough Wake team on the road, but a team, again, that's a toss up with this compartment of a ton of these ACC teams that Syracuse can easily win. If you win both of those games, you come home with a record of 16 and 6, 7 and 4 in conference. Beat Louisville at home. Very winnable game there. All of a sudden, you're starting to go, hang on. This might be a tournament team. Because you're 17-6 and six at that point, and you're 8-4 you're and four in conference. Oops. And just those two road losses have now put you back so far, it isn't even funny. They're not even on the outside looking in. They're on the outside, outside looking in. And Syracuse has now gotten blown out at Virginia, at Duke, at Carolina, at Wake. The blowout factor is real. This team got blown out at home in the second half by Florida State as well. The second half blowout factor is real. I don't know what it is, but it seems like 
if I had to pinpoint two things, it's leadership slash body language that when this team has a couple of minutes that are really bad, they just can't fix it because there's just not a lot of belief in themselves. And some of that is leadership and chemistry. And a lot of that is college basketball these days, right? I mean, I know this team is 22 games in. I get it. But with NIL transfer portal and all that stuff, I mean, it, it takes like a month, month and a half to just get going. Sometimes maybe it takes two months to get going. Well, when your season starts in November on the 6th, guess where we are? You know, November to December to January, two months. We're three months in. But again, some of those cracks that maybe you didn't have or got covered up early in the season because maybe Judah Mintz had a tremendous performance, maybe they come back and haunt you a little bit. I don't know. But the leadership chemistry thing, you know, that seems to be a real thing when I watch body language. When I watch Red Autry give a little bump to Benny Williams like he's pissed off at him on the on the baseline, that's a real thing. When I watch guys barking at each other, that's a real thing. When I watch Copeland and Autry yelling at each other on the baseline, that's a real thing. The cameras caught a lot of this stuff at Wake. I think there's some things going on now. There's some frustration. There's some chemistry problems. There isn't a leader on the floor. Judah Minch, you can tell me all day long about his talent. You can tell me all day long about how he passes the ball, how he's clutch, how he makes some plays, this and that. Okay, fine. I don't think Judah Mintz is a leader. I don't. I think Kadir Copeland is more of a leader. Quadir Copeland. I do. You know, I think I think maybe J.J. Starling has more leadership capability than Judah Mintz. I don't know. I don't know if there's even a leader on this team. And I think in these spots, that is a big thing. I was texting with Charlie Lockwood about this over the weekend. I'm going to get him on the show pretty soon. Like, you know... <laughs> These are real things. These are real problems. And then the other thing is Syracuse, because they never have more than two shooters on the floor at a time. I mean, real pure shooters. Guys can make threes, but they're not really shooters. They don't make it consistently. Mintz isn't a shooter. He's a point guard and a floor general and a facilitator. He's not a shooter. J.J. Starling, is he a shooter? Kind of, not fully. But like, who is it then? Is it Chris Bell and somebody else? I mean, Quadir Copeland's not a shooter, right? Like, Brown's not a shooter. They don't have two more than two major shooters at a time. I would say that Starling and Bell are probably your two main shooters, and maybe even then they're not even fully shooters. And so when you're getting into these 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 horrible horrible spots where these runs happen, you can't make a shot to stop it. And I'm going to get more into that and the loss at Wake Forest coming up here on the ML Sports Platter next. Brought to you by our great friends over at Rosie's Corner, Welch and Company Jewelers, Jam and Beats, and Stumbling Monkey Brewing Company. Stumbling Monkey Brewing Company in Victor, New York, part of that great city of Rochester. Make sure you stop by for a pint after work. Join the Mug Club as well and visit them online at stumblingmonkeybeer.com. That's stumblingmonkeybeer.com. Stumbling Monkey Brewing Company is the official brewery of the ML Sports Platter. Hey, you're traveling around the state of New York in the summertime, springtime, maybe even during the winter you want to watch some college basketball games, visit Stumbling Monkey, man. They got a great tasting room for you to watch the games and enjoy a pint. Stumbling Monkey Brewing Company is the official brewery of the ML Sports Platter, which continues next with more SU basketball talk. ML Sports Platter back with you all over the major platforms. Brought to you by Burn Dairy, CH Insurance, and Stanley Law Offices. Stanley Law Offices together, they'll work to get you the maximum reward. But SU, as I was alluding to before, 
They just don't have shooters to stop it. Think about Duke when maybe you're going on a run with them. How do they stop it? A three-point shot. Teams always find a way to maybe stop a run because they have multiple shooters. You're only one three-pointer away from stopping the bleeding. Or at least a couple of shots from the outside from stopping the bleeding. Sure, you can go to the tin once in a while. Sure. But when you're constantly in ISO formation, which SU's offense against Wake, for the majority of the time, I don't know what they're running. Against Boston College, I don't know what they're running. There are guys standing around too much. And I don't know if that is a result of Red Autry sending the play in and they don't run it. I don't know if that's a coaching thing from the, the baseline of Jerry and Allen sitting there and not a lot of emotion, nothing really going on. Red just waiting for Judah Mintz to figure something out. I, I don't know what the offense is in a lot of spots, but they don't move. You know, I can just hear my man Dan Fursina when he used to head coach in college basketball. I used to hear him all the time. Pass and cut, pass and cut, pass and cut. And everybody at all levels should pass and cut. Syracuse stands around too much. I don't know what they're doing against BC and Wake Forest. But then it's like, oh, well, shock. How many times do you hear the play by play? Oh, shot clock's down to seven, down to eight, you know, down to 10 already. Oh, shot clock at five, mints with the ball. Or like Copeland's on the outside and he's not a shooter, but he's like 26 feet away from the rim with five or six seconds to go. That's not running an offense. It's not. And because you can't and you're not running the offense, you're not getting good shots. Your shot selection is poor. And when you take bad shots, your percentages of making shots, it goes way down. There's too much ISO. There's not a lot of chemistry on the floor. There's too much Judamins figure it out, right? Like JJ Starling, where are you? You know, when they're moving, when they're passing and cutting, when they're using their isolation and when they're running the damn play from the baseline, yeah, some things are going on. But you know what? Against Wake Forest, what happened again? Terrible free throw percentage, 13 of 19, missed six, right? Three-pointers, seven to 27, horrific. You also got barely anything from Chris Bell. He has to make shots if this offense is going to go. He has to. Somehow they get three players in double figures from Taylor, Mintz, and Starling. Right? Somehow, 11-3-1-7 they got from four players off the bench. Right? I mean, you get 22 points off the bench. You scored 70, but you got blown out. 99 points Wake Forest scored. The shot selection. Just look at the shot percentage. The field goal percentage. Wake Forest shot 66% from the floor. They got unbelievable shots. 63.2 from three. They went to the free throw line 24 attempts. They made 17 of them. That isn't that great, actually. They out-rebounded the Qs 36-23. Syracuse, the turnovers, they only had 10. Wake had 14. Like, it was that awful part where I keep talking about it. Can't get a good shot. Can't make a shot. Wake makes a shot. And then back to and then back to Wake. And keep, miss, make, miss, make, miss, make, miss, make. Back and forth. And they get in that rut. And all of a sudden, you can't make shots because you're not running an offense. And then it's one and done and you're getting killed on the boards. And that constant, and that's what happened against Duke, Virginia, North Carolina, Wake Forest on the road. It kept happening over and over again. This was a 14 game uh, point game at the half. I thought it was over in the first five minutes. I really did. I thought this game was over way before then. Between body language, missing shots from shot selection and other things, I thought it was over way before then. And then the wheels just completely came off in the second half. I mean, it got to a point where it was, you know, what, 55-38. I mean, look at some of these scores. 58-42, 62-42 was a joke. 
It was a joke. But it, go look at the play-by-play. Benny Williams steal, Judah Mintz turnover. Andrew Carr free throws. Uh, Williams missed three-pointer, right? Judah Mintz gets a rebound. Oh, wait, Starling makes a three-pointer. Boom, Carr makes a three-pointer back, right? Go look at it. Like, missed three-pointer, made free throws. Missed shot, uh, three-pointer. Uh, rebound for Wake, turnover, you know, uh, made basket for Wake, turnover Syracuse, right? Missed three-pointer Judah Mintz, made three-pointer Wake Forest. Like, go look at it, right? It's like missed three, rebound, Wake, shot, made Wake, right? Chris Bell missed three-pointer. Benny Williams gets an offensive rebound. Wake gets a layup. Benny Williams made free throw. Quadir Copeland made layup. All of a sudden, I'm looking at this. That was one of the best stretches for Syracuse. Seven minutes left in the game. They're still down 24 points. That game was ugly. And so now... You have two road performances that were absolutely pathetic. One was still a game that you could have won at BC. The other one I thought was over in the first five minutes. And then the wheels came off, 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 off all the way. So what does Syracuse need to do to make the tournament? They need to win out. And they're not going to win out. The reality for you as a Syracuse football fan, or or excuse me, basketball fan, is, although as a football fan, you got to feel pretty good too, right? I still feel okay about Syracuse basketball moving forward. I think these two games, though, are a telling sign about this season. They had their moments. Maybe they reached their ceiling. And again, I'm talking right now with nine games left. There's still plenty of time left. But I think Syracuse has to win out. At the very least, I think they have to go 8-1. and one Because they're not on the outside looking in. They're in the outside, outside looking in now, right? They need help with quad one, two wins. They have that bad, bad, bad look for the committee if they're a bubble team. Like, the blowout look is not a fun look. And I don't care how good these teams are. I don't care how good the Final Four contenders are. I don't care if they are or aren't Final Four contenders. You get blown out, you get blown out. You have a different feeling at the end of it because of the team, fine. Like I said earlier, fine. But you still got blown out. At Duke, at Virginia, at Carolina, at Wake. You have the blowout factor multiple times. It's an ugly look. I think 8-1 and one at the very least. But here's what you're hoping, and this team is not going to be a tournament team, in my opinion. I think maybe they reached their ceiling, you know, either the Quadir buzzer beater, or they reached their ceiling in the five-game win streak, somewhere in there. I don't know. I mean, you can decide five-game, you know, or the, uh, the where the ceiling was reached. I don't know. But with nine games left, this three-game stretch at home, you have to sweep it. And then I think when you go on the road against Georgia Tech and NC State, maybe in there you sp- I mean, God, Notre Dame's no good. NC State, you already beat this year. I, I, eh. Well, actually, hang on a second. Well, Georgia Tech, NC State, road games. Notre Dame's at home, sorry. Um, I mean, maybe at G- Georgia Tech, at NC State, maybe a split there. And then you got to win your home games, Notre Dame, Virginia Tech. And Syracuse has been a really good home team this year. And then the last two games on the road, I mean, Louisville's terrible. You got to win that. And then Clemson, you got to steal it somehow. It's a tall order. That's what happens when you lose these games. When you lose at BC and lose at Wake. You have to then go at Clemson and win. You have to sweep Clemson now. I don't see it. <laughs> I don't see it. 8-1, and one, like that's kind of a scenario for me. Like sweep the home schedule the rest of the way. You know? And then you got to split maybe with Georgia Tech. NCAA, or maybe you win the, both those games. You want a wicked high heater. You win the next set, You win the next eight in a row right? And then lose at Clemson to finish the year. I mean, maybe that's the scenario. I don't know. But I think you got to go 8-1 and one to finish the year. And have that one loss not be a bad loss.
But the challenge is there. How do I feel right now? I don't think they're a tournament team. I think somewhere in the schedule, they reached their ceiling. I think we had our moment this year in Quadir Copeland making the buzzer beater against Miami. What a moment that was. I think we've had fun and excitement and guard play and running and gunning. And we've seen Red Autry's system. And I think the future is somewhat bright. They're getting back on the recruiting trail. They're looking better. Syracuse basketball, sort of fun again. I'm not saying the season is over. I'm just saying that right now these feelings are in me as nine games are left for the Orange. ML Sports Take brought to you by CH Insurance. Always in your corner every day, every way. Log on to chinsurance.cc. Navigate through those tough insurance waters today. Get ahead of your insurance plan and call CH Insurance right now. On Instagram, on YouTube, on Facebook. Find out more about the insurance plan for you at chinsurance.cc. And a big tip of the cap thank you as well to the Allen Angus Pub, Brewerton Ace Hardware, Bowers & Company, CPAs, and our terrific friends at Ken's Auto Detailing. Go get a detail today, Route 11 in the Burton Cicero area. Ken's Auto Detailing, boats, trucks, cars, and more. Ken's Auto Detailing, inside and outside, wax and wash, a full detail when you drive around town. After that detail, my goodness, you feel like you have a brand new car. Ken's Auto Detailing, the official detail shop of the ML Sports Platter. And a tip of the cap, thank you to friends of the program as well, the Swan and Whitaker families, Bob Lindsley and Daryl Abert. As I always tell you, enjoy the games. At CH Insurance, your family is our family. We take pride in protecting you, your loved ones, and the things that matter most with the best personal coverage at the best premium. From home and auto insurance to boat, motorcycle, renter's insurance, CH finds the exact coverage you need without breaking the bank. They believe in their community and care about those they do business with. I have both personal and business policies with CH, and there's never a doubt they're in my corner. CH Insurance, in your corner, every day, every way. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.